Hi, this is Dr. Kimberly Leonard, and you're listening to Incredible Life Creator Podcast. My guest today is Heidi G. Heidi G is an experienced sexologist and relationship therapist who believes everyone is entitled to a fulfilling sex life and relationship no matter an individual's background, gender, or sexual preference. With over 10 years experience in sexual health and counseling, Heidi specializes in supporting couples and individuals who are dissatisfied with their sexual functioning, such as low libido, loss of desire, interest in sex, and this is where the words get hard, everybody, so just bear with me, anorgasmia, which is inability to orgasm, dyspareunia, painful intercourse, vaginismus, sexual identity, sexual orientation, self-esteem, erectile dysfunction, and premature ejaculation with a focus on pleasure, connection, and education in sexuality. Heidi works with the different dynamics between the people in the relationship to assist with better communication and connection while understanding there is no one size fits all when it comes to therapy. Heidi works with couples in areas of intimacy and building trust after an affair, conception support, sex in long-term relationships, cultural and religious factors that may be affecting the relationship, improving communication, self-esteem, new relationships, conflict resolution, and moderate depression and, and anxiety. Welcome to the podcast, Heidi. Thank you so much. And um, good attempt on those words there. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> so just so people get to know you, why don't you uh, start out by telling them your story, where you grew up and how you got into doing what you're doing now? Sure. Um, so I'm from Sydney, Australia. Um, and I grew up in a very different household, meaning, you know, my mum is Fiji Indian and my dad's German and, you know, they met in Australia and we grew up with um, three different cultures, really. So, you know, you've got the Australian Western upbringing and then you've got my mum's influence and then my dad's influence as well. Um, and I grew up a very shy, quiet girl, um, you know, wasn't told about sex, anything about sex or growing up or even periods. Um, I wasn't allowed to have a boyfriend. Uh, so, you know, and I had a very low self-esteem as well. So um, it was a bit tricky. Um, I grew up in a, a neighbourhood that was predominantly white. Um, so I never felt that I fit in. Um, and I guess, you know, fast forward a few years later after I've, you know, finished high school, I've worked a bit, I've traveled a bit and then decided, mm, you know, after 10 years of dental nursing, this is not for me, I need to find something else and then um, looked into counseling and didn't know what area I wanted to um, specialize in. Um, and then as part of the counseling course, we had to do um, um, a, a placement in an area and the only placement that was available was at a, um, a call center for impotent men um, and people who had sexual problems and I thought I don't want to do this but I've got no choice and when I started doing it I thought I absolutely love this you know this is my calling this is what I was meant to do and not only did I unlearn uh, get an understanding of you know the issues that are out there and the problems that are people 
that people are having in terms of sexuality, but I learned about myself as well. Um, like I said, I grew up in, you know, a household where we didn't speak about sex and relationships and, you know, I had um, parents who were quite dysfunctional as well. So they didn't really set a high bar for what relationships should look like. Um, you know, I ended up going from, you know, no boobs to a double D cup like this in high school. I didn't know anything about bras. I couldn't talk to my mum about that. When I got my period at 12, like I didn't know what was happening to my body. I knew what periods were, mm -hmm. but that was about it. So it was, it was hard and I didn't have older siblings as well. So it was just my brother and I. Um, so learning about sexuality um, was, you know, really, really fascinating for me. And, you know, there's also um, a bit of stigma, there's a bit of taboo, there's cultural issues, you know, and I can relate to that, that come into play as well. Um, so it was just something that fascinated me. And, you know, I wanted to educate myself so I could educate people on sexuality. So it didn't have to be such a hidden topic. That sexuality, to show that sexuality is just as important as, you know, your general health. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, that's like a quick background, basically, of how I became a sexologist. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. And, you know, so many people don't think about that with their health, but I think it is an part, important part. I mean, even, you know, there's so many parts that go with that, including just affection. Mm. And, you know, everybody needs a hug. That's <laughs> everybody, it. You know, um, uh, and there's people who are less likely to want that than others, depending again yeah. on cultures and things like that. Yeah. But I think it's just really, really important. And also I think it's important to be able to actually speak about it and feel comfortable asking questions, of course, to the right person, but asking questions when things come up. And I think, um, even amongst close friends, people don't really talk about those things. Yeah. So, yeah, that's exactly right. Um, and I do emphasize this a lot to my clients that, you know, your general health is just as important as your sexual health. You know, if we have a sore throat, sore ear or broken bones, whatever, we go to the doctor. So if something's not working sexual, you know, sexually mm -hmm. or in terms of our relationships, then we want to be able to go somewhere where we know we can get the support and help we need without feeling embarrassed, without feeling isolated, knowing that that support is there. Exactly, yeah, I think it's so needed. And um, as you're working with people, is the relationship that they have or the, the way they feel about themselves the most important thing? So if someone has really low self-esteem, are they gonna have a difficult time having a healthy sexual relationship? Oh, it definitely impacts on the relationship, on um, the, the sexual aspect of the relationship as well. Um, again, it goes back to, you know, your upbringing and what you were taught, um, you know, what you're taught by your parents, what you were taught at school, you know, the people around you, um, you know, what we're exposed to as well, the media, we now have the internet, so we've got social media as well. Um, and I think that a lot of people compare 
you know, what they see in porn, what they see in Hollywood movies, what they see on Instagram, Facebook, you know, they compare that to what's going on in their lives or what's not going on in their lives. And they feel that there's, you know, something wrong or that could affect their self-esteem as well. Um, and, you know, we've got to be mindful that not everything that's portrayed in the media when it comes to relationships and sexual health is accurate. You know, we are all unique. Um, we have individual um, needs, individual experiences, um, and we're all different. And it's okay. It's okay to have different experiences. It's okay to have problems in certain areas. Um, and, you know, it's okay to seek help for it as well. Mm -hmm. So when you're working with people and you're teaching them to actually communicate and let each other know what the other needs, how, how do you help them with that? Yeah, so um, it's that communication is so important and I drum this into my clients a lot. Um, and it's interesting actually to see the reaction of my clients because we think communications outside of the bedroom, you know, communicate your needs and, you know, how you respond is important and, you know, listening to your partner is important, but that's just as important in the bedroom. Mm -hmm. um, I see so many couples that have been together for years and I might ask them, well, what does your partner like? Or do you know if they like X, Y, and Z in the bedroom? Oh, I don't know. I just assumed. Have you ever asked? Oh, no, no, I'm too embarrassed. Or no, I didn't think about that. Or, oh, that sounds so simple. Yeah, yeah. I, oh, I could have asked that. Okay, so in 10 years you've been with your partner, you never thought to ask them. So, yeah, communication is really important. And I guess how I... Um, how I express that and what I get my clients to think about is, you know, what, what is it that you would like to offer your partner and what do you want them or how do you want them to feel or respond? And it doesn't have to just be sexually as well. It can be emotionally. Mm -hmm. And how do we know this if we don't ask, right? It all comes back to communication. And, we, you know, we work on, you know, how to approach your partner um, how to listen to your partner because listening is it can be difficult you think oh yeah you just sit there and listen listen without judgment listen <laughs> without comment you know um, and try and understand where your partner's coming from uh, you don't have to always agree mm -hmm. but it's important to try and understand where they're coming from and um, express your needs as well in a way where you're not on you know getting on the defensive where you're not talking at your partner, you're talking to your partner, you're respectful of each other's feelings. So all that, you know, takes, um, comes into play when you um, are expressing your needs and when you are communicating with your partner in the bedroom and outside of the bedroom. And you said a word that stuck out to me, respect. How important is respect in a relationship and how does that show up? Yeah, big time. Um, I guess respect is about, you know, understanding where you know, your partner's background, where they're coming from. Um, again, it goes back to their needs. Um, why they're feeling the way that they're feeling. Um, and I guess what comes to mind for me is the mismatch libido, which is a big thing. It's huge. You know, it's automatically assumed that the person who has um, the, uh, lower libido or wants less sex is the person with the problem. And I'm not saying the person with the higher libido has the problem. The problem is that the libido doesn't match. You know, it, there's, there's an imbalance. 
And it's about working on that. It's about compromising. It's about, okay, how can we make this work together? You know, maybe we need to look at sex differently. You know, what used to work for us before we had kids or before we had a mortgage or before we're working like 50 hours a week, you know, it's not going to work for us now. Let's look at what's happening in our life now. Let's look at the reality and let's try and get an understanding of what's happening with my partner. Okay, my partner doesn't want sex as often as, you know, I might want sex. So rather than having a go at my partner or thinking you've got the issue, there's something wrong with you, let's look at the issue of, okay, our sex life, you know, or when we want sex is not matching up. So what can we do to work on that so it works for both of us? And um, I'll try and get an understanding of what's happening for my partner, whether it's the one with higher libido or lower libido, what's happening for you to not want sex or to want sex so much? And how can we work on this together and move forward rather than pinpointing and um, getting on the defensive and saying, you're the one with the problem. Mm -hmm. Now it seems that whenever a person gets into a relationship in the beginning, it's just so exciting. There's, you know, they're look, <laughs> the people are looking in each other's eyes. You know, sex is, is hot. Kissing is hot. Everything is just like amazing. And you're thinking about that person. And then you get married. Then you have kids. And then the kids go to college. And there you are looking at each other. And you don't have that fire in your eyes anymore you do <laughs> maybe you do but so how do people in long-term relationships how do they keep that fire burning so they're feeling excited how do they keep it fresh yeah when you uh you know when you first meet someone there's um what's called limerence where you have those feelings and you have the uh what i call love hormones you want to see each other all the time and you know the sex is great and you know it's just everything is just beautiful um and that can last up to 18 months but yeah i guess life changes you know like i said the dynamics change where you suddenly have the responsibilities of, you know, we've got to pay the mortgage now or we've got to pay rent or now we've got a a child or, you know, things change and then it becomes habit where, well, I know my partner's there, you know, I'll see them tonight or whatever. So it becomes habit and then that spark is lost. And I think, um, you know, what I tell my clients is that, you know, you still got to plan the date nights. You know, spice things up, try and be creative. You know, um, I've got some of my clients, um, what they do is they write questions for each other mm-hmm. and they ask each other questions. You know, some people, and these are clients that have been together for years. You know, some people might think, oh, I've been with my partner for 15 years. I know what he or she's like, you know, but you'd be surprised. You know, there's just, you know, being creative and, you know, um, playing these games of getting to know your partner, you'll be surprised what comes up. Um, there's also, you know, some cheeky sex games that you can play to spice things up as well, where, you know, you're doing this to your partner or you've got to do that to your partner or, you know, roll a dice and you land on six and it's like, okay, well, you know, do a lap dance for your partner or whatever it might be, you know, but these are fun things Uh and these are things that you need to be doing together. You know, we invest in our work. We invest in, you know, being healthy, eating, showering every day. And why not invest in your relationship? 
whether you've been together for a year or for 20 years, I think it's just as important, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, about being creative, about having those date nights. Um, if you can organise a babysitter, fantastic. I think also, as well as the date nights, having alone time and having that space is just as important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So. I um, agree on that. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Erotic massages, you know, um, whether it's Netflix on the couch, um, being romantic, it doesn't have to stop just because you've been together for so long. And yes, life is busy and life is um, exhausting. Um, And I know during COVID it can be hard, but it is possible. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. And then I'm going to backtrack and go back to the beginning. So I know um, I grew up in a religious home and so first of all uh, we were going into marriage as virgins mm-hmm. um se- second of all there was emphasis on the fact that it was a duty yeah to have sex and so i you know it took me i think a, a quite quite a few years to to switch it to where it was actually something oh yeah actually this I could like this, but, but at the beginning, I remember just thinking it was just what I was supposed to do. So what would you say, especially to young uh, women, maybe in that situation, how they could turn that around so it could be more enjoyable and so they can feel, hmm, it's just never fun to have to do something just out of duty. I don't think you should have to do that out of duty. Yeah. Look how our bodies, you know, we're meant to experience pleasure and you know the the clitoris the purpose of the clitoris is to experience pleasure you know and to help a woman orgasm um and that's saying something you know if that part of our body is to experience pleasure then let's experience pleasure um and you know what you know your scenario what you've just told me is not uncommon you know, when we've grown up, um, whether it's a certain culture, um, religious belief, um, you know, when we've grown up in, you know, believing or taught a certain way that, you know, it's our duty to do X, Y, and Z, um, we have that ingrained in us. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, you know, going to be disrespectful to any um, religious beliefs or cultural beliefs. Um, but I think that if women are seeking more, then yes, it is important to um, explore your body. That's what I say. Mm -hmm. Explore your body with touch. Explore your body by knowing what you like and what feels good. Yes, it's beautiful when you're with your partner and you're having sex and you've got that bond and you're having fun and it feels great. Mm -hmm. Um, Why not enjoy it as well? Mm-hmm. And that might sound silly, why not enjoy it? But it's the amount of people who just do it and they don't enjoy it. It's mm-hmm. just a routine or a chore. Yeah. So um, I usually suggest to people, um, and I'll say females in this case because of your question, um, to masturbate. Mm-hmm. Touch yourself, explore your body, even get your partner to do the same to you. You know, it's important to know, and again, this comes back to communication. It's important to know what feels good, what you like, what works for you. Um, And it's good for your partner to know too, and it's a great bonding um, exercise. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
So it can be scary for some people, but how are you going to know what you like and what you don't like and what works and what doesn't work if you don't try? Try. Yeah, just have to learn something new, right? Yeah. 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 It's important. Well, if we don't like our hairstyle, we change it, right? If we don't like our clothes, we change it. Why would it be different for sex? (laughs) (laughs) That's a really good way to put it. So, yeah. Yeah. And um, I was thinking about too that. Um, it's been my experience that most men want to please, you know, their partner. And mm-hmm. I think it's the other way too with, you know, yeah. most women, they, they want to make their partner feel good and feel happy and yep. feel that happiness of being together. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, um, it's such a beautiful thing when you see the person you're with um, excited and turned on mm-hmm. by what you're doing to them so it's a great feeling it is no so sometimes things go wrong like those words i was reading at the beginning um (laughs) 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 inability to orgasm painful intercourse um so when those things come up is it because there's medical issues going on or is it because there's not communication or because there's fear all of the above, really. Yeah, there could be medical issues. Um, you know, and I always um, suggest to my clients that they go get checked out by a gyno, um, by a medical practitioner, um, because, you know, you want to rule out anything medical. It could also be bad experience. It could be lack of experience. It could be bad luck. Um, look, there's all sorts of things, you know, um, and it's about working working through that, you know, with your partner, with exercises and being gentle. And, you know, your body remembers pain as well. So there's sort of that fear of, oh, God, you know, the pain's going to happen or I know when last time he did this or when she did this, you know, it was, it was painful and you're kind of waiting for that pain to happen. A bit like getting laser or waxing or something, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you wax your bikini line, you've had a bad experience. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So the body remembers um, and yeah, it can be very, very distressing um, for couples. So, um, you know, I see um, couples who have um, experienced um, vaginismus and it takes time, you know, it takes time and, um, you know, seeing a gyno, seeing a physio, um, going through treatment and it's important to be patient as well and have a patient partner to help you through it. Unfortunately, with vaginismus, which is like tightening of the vagina muscles, uh, where sometimes you can't even put a finger, it's so painful just insert a finger, um, you know, that's involuntary. So, you know, you could one day just wake up and it could happen and it's, it's, it's shit, <laughs> it really is. Um, so it's about, you know, working through that and, um, and like I said, being patient, it can be very distressing. And I've had many, um, many couples and many clients in my room crying and it's very heartbreaking, Mm -hmm. but there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, and as people, um, get older, um, I think they tend to slow down a little bit. So when we're younger, we're very active. Um, we have the actual uh, lung capacity to to have vigorous sex, but as people get older, you know, they might have 
be overweight, some people, or they might have arthritis or they have, you know, other body pains because that's just part of getting older sometimes is when we have that. So what kind of um, suggestions do you give for people then so they can still enjoy each other? Yeah, lifestyle definitely um, plays a big part in sexual health as well. Um, as you're saying, you know, some people are overweight. I mean, when I do my assessment, I ask people, you know, do they consume alcohol? How much alcohol do they consume? Do they smoke? Do they um, have recreational or take recreational drugs? Um, you know, and these questions are important because it does affect your sex life. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it's about looking after yourself, looking after your mind, looking after your body. It affects your sex life. You know, things like arthritis and all, you know, Obviously, we can't, um, we, we don't have control over that. Um, and yeah, you're right. Sometimes the body does change and it does affect your sex life and how you do things. And I think it's about, again, exploring what works for you. I go back to, you know, the touch and masturbation and exploring what works for you and exploring that with your partner as well, changing things up a bit, maybe trying um, different toys, um, different positions as well, being creative. I'm using that word a lot, actually, creative and communication. (laughs) So um, because it's true, why not mix things up? You know, you don't have to do the same things over and over again. And, yes, it is frustrating when, you know, once upon a time, you used to be able to do sex in a certain position. It was fine and you had um, good stamina and then suddenly it just doesn't work for you, mm-hmm. you know. So, but there are many positions and there are many things that you can try and that's the, the beautiful thing and the fun thing about sex. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, keep it fun. That's so important. Keep it fun. Some people take it so seriously and get so frustrated. Oh, don't. Have fun exploring, you know, with different touch, different um, toys, different positions. Have fun with it. It's yeah. so important. It is so important because I think about when you're having fun, you're loose, you're excited, you're, yeah. you know, but when you're uptight about something, you're everything pulled exactly. in, nothing really feels good. <laughs> Yeah, nothing feels good and you're you're not present in the moment. You're in your own head, which is another thing that happens a lot as well. You know, you're in your own head. Am I going to enjoy this? Is it going to hurt? What if it doesn't work? Am I um, going to turn her on? Is she enjoying it? Is he enjoying it? You know, especially men who have erectile, um, erectile problems. Oh, will I be able to maintain my erection? What if I lose my erection? Oh, what if this? What if that? You know, they're in their own head. And it's like, and what I say to guys is you've already lost your erection. When you're thinking that, you've lost it. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not present in the moment. You're overthinking things. You're worried about the other person. You need to try and be present. You know, mindfulness works. Mm-hmm. It helps a lot, mindfulness. Um and um, meditation. And I say that because it is so important and it's also a big part of my life. And another thing I wanted to add as well is that I try and practice what I preach. You know, I've had the shitty relationships. I've had the bad sexual relationships and the bad sex moments as well. You know, the painful sex. Uh, not being in my own head, um, not being present, sorry, and, you know, being in my own head. Um, And, you know, those experiences have helped me become a better 
educator. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm not just reading out of a textbook and saying to my clients, oh, just do this, 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 you'll be right. That's what it says on page 22. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm saying this out of experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm an overthinker. I mean, people close to me, they would tell you, I overthink. Um, but, you know, mindfulness and meditation has helped me a lot. Mm-hmm. Um I also do a bit of CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, um, on myself too. And I, I test myself, you know, what's the worst thing that can happen, Heidi? Mm-hmm. You know, seriously, what's the worst thing that can happen? Is this all in your head or is this a reality? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that's what helps me be present in the moment. A lot of people, that's why, how do I do that? How do I be present? How, you know, practice mindfulness and I used to be one of those people would say oh god meditation you're right mindfulness no way I think too much it's not going to work for me but I'm quite surprised it's um it's a big part of my life it's so important yeah and that makes so much sense because I know like when I go into a meditation or like a hypnotherapy type of um time my body has done it enough that it knows how to all of a sudden relax. It just goes, <laughs> it just goes, <laughs> I'm, yeah. here, I'm meditating or I'm listening to a hypnotherapy. Um, and it just automatically knows what to do. So yeah. if it automatically knows what to do, if you're feeling anxious when you're mm-hmm. in bed with your partner, if you just mm-hmm. think about that after having yeah. practiced it outside of the bedroom, I, yeah. I think it would really be calming for people. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think we also need to give ourselves the benefit of the doubt as well. Sometimes we just think we're not good enough or it's not going to work or we have all these doubts. And I know that, you know, I'm, I'm guilty of that too. Um, a thing that helped me, I mean, I like to keep fit and healthy, um, not only physically, but mentally as well. Um, I had a girlfriend recently encourage me to do a, um, a, a photo shoot like just a, a girly lingerie photo shoot. And I thought, oh, God, what am I going to do with these photos? Ugh, I'm going to look terrible. I'm so critical of myself. And um, it was a fun day. You know, we've got the champagne out. Um, we got into our nice lingerie. We just took photos. It was just a bunch of girls and we had so much fun. So there was someone there taking videos while, you know, the uh, photographer was there taking photos. And I had a look at, you know, some of the photos and the videos and I thought, oh, my God, is that me? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Because you're looking at yourself, I guess, from um, a a different lens, let's say. Exactly. (laughs) Right? And as soon as I just kind of let go of all inhibitions and just went, nah, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm just going to do it. Whatever. You know, worst thing, worst case scenario, um, I'm going to have fun. Mm-hmm. And I just, I surprised myself. So, you know, give yourself the benefit, benefit of the doubt. Go do something nice for yourself. Do something that makes you feel sexy. You know, if it is the laundry, if it is the whipped cream, doesn't matter if it's cheesy or what. If it works for you, great. If you don't know what works for you, then experiment, try. Mm-hmm. That sounds like fun. And, and now you have a souvenir. You actually have the <laughs> the photos from your fun day <laughs> taking the pictures that's it that's it mm-hmm. it's um it's good memories and i'm so um i'm so happy with my friend for um that she encouraged me to do it you know so it, it was good that yeah. is good so talking about girlfriends 
should we or should we not talk to our girlfriends about sex or our relationships? Because sometimes women will uh, uh, talk more than I want to hear about <laughs> the relationship. <laughs> and then, you know, I'm, I'm more uh, reserved when it comes to that. But um, is that an, something that's good or is that actually being disrespectful to the partner when you're discussing with your girlfriend? Mm. I think it can be a double-edged sword sometimes. I mean, look, us girls, we like to talk, you know, um, and I'm not going to discourage um, people from talking to the girlfriends or um, boyfriends or whoever they want to talk to about their relationships and sex life. But one thing that I have noticed, which I think can be um, a little bit dangerous, is that... Um, so I do get... I see a lot of women who have problems... Um, experiencing orgasm during penetration so they would talk to their partners and oh, sorry their friends and their friends might say oh well I, I've never had an orgasm or I don't orgasm during sex or whatever it might be um, and I guess in some ways that kind of normalizes you know how they're feeling or what they're experiencing um, but I don't think it's um, fair to compare now, I'm not saying there's something wrong with that person who hasn't, you know, orgasm during penetration. I think it's up to the ind individual. You know, if the individual says, look, I have never had an orgasm during sex with my partner, but I'm okay with that, that's fine. Mm -hmm. You know, if someone says I've never had an orgasm during sex with my partner and that bothers me, okay, let's look into it. Let's look into what's going on and how we can work on that you know, um, but I do see a lot of comparison. Well, my girlfriend's never done that. Or my girlfriend said that, or my girlfriend said that my partner should be doing X, Y, and Z. <laughs> what works for them or what doesn't work for them doesn't have to be the same for you. So, you know, I think it's okay to talk. I mean, we all talk, we need that person to talk to, mm -hmm. but I think we need to be mindful of what we tell them, how much information we tell them mm -hmm. and what we're going to do with that information, you know, and, is that information going to make you feel worse or is it going to make you feel better? Is it going to be helpful or isn't it? You know, that's what you need to think about. You know, what are you trying to gain by telling your um, friends about whatever you tell them about? Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, we all, like I said before, we're all unique. We all have different experiences, mm -hmm. you know, and there's no right or wrong, I guess. Um, and, you just have to take that into consideration. Don't compare. We're all different. We've all had um, different backgrounds, different sexual experiences. We can do different things. Some people can, some females can squirt. Some people, females can't squirt and that's okay. So I think it's about what sits well with you and what feels right for you. Yeah. And, um, and when I was reading your bio, it was talked about that, you know, you work with people, after an affair so uh, when i think of an affair i think of there's loss of trust there so when people go through that how do they determine whether they want to stay together or not first of all and if they do how do they start building that trust again yeah so i think it's about looking at um what happened in the relationship for the affair to happen what happened what was going on for the person um, and then, you know, looking at the commitment that the two people have, do you both want the relationship to work? Are you both committed? 
you know, the person who's had the affair, are you still seeing that person? Um, and, you know, if they're still seeing that person, obviously it makes it a bit tricky. Um, if they're not seeing that person, okay, let's focus on the relationship. Let's look at what went wrong, where it went wrong. So the version two of the relationship looks different and the things that went wrong in version one won't happen in version two. And it is about building trust. And, you know, trust can take a long time to build and it can be lost like that. Um, so it's about building the trust, about, you know, working out where things went wrong, what was going on for each of the person, the person who had the affair, the person who is hurting. So, um, and then, yeah, the commitment that they both have to the relationship. Are they both willing to build and work on the relationship? to make it work yeah so it can be a tricky one but it's not impossible mm -hmm. so when people cheat is there a certain reason why they cheat are they just looking for excitement things have gotten stale and they're looking for excitement or they're what are people looking for when they when they cheat on their partner it's it can be a bit complex um you know Maybe they're looking for something else. Maybe they were unhappy in their relationship. Maybe they're seeking something that they weren't getting in their relationship. Um, you know, maybe they figured the grass is greener on the other side. Like there are so many things, so many reasons. There's not just this one reason. Um, and, it, and I say complex because with, you know, the couples that I've had come in who have had an affair, it hasn't been very straightforward. It hasn't been, oh, well, I went and slept with blah, blah because of da, 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 da. It's just, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's more in depth than that. Sometimes they can't even explain why. A big part of it, though, could be um, lack of communication. Again, not checking in with your partner, just sort of, you know, accepting the way things are. Oh, well, we haven't had sex in months and that's just the way it is. And I don't want to ask my partner for sex or I travel a lot and I met this person who I got along well with. So, or, you know, it's all about the kids now and, you know, or we've just stopped talking and we've just figured that's just the way marriages or relationships are. We just stopped talking. And then I found some excitement, like so many reasons. It's not just this one reason. So it's a little bit tricky to answer that, but um, that's probably the best answer I can give. <laughs> Let me ask it a different way. How do you create a very powerful relationship where both want to stay, both want to make it the most magnificent relationship, not only in the bedroom, but just in general in life? Mm. Well, I think that's about both people putting in um, the work and both being committed to the relationship, you know, asking yourself, what is it that I want and need out of this relationship? What am I willing to give? And is my partner willing to meet me halfway? So, you know, bringing on the spark, being creative, not just having a relationship where it's just there and it's a habit, mm -hmm. you know, um, communicating, Communication, 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 so important. And I'll, um, I'll, you know, sort of talk about my gym analogy, which I talk about all the time to my clients. Um, you know, you go to the gym because you want to achieve a certain goal, whether it's to lose weight, to put on weight, to tone, whatever it might be. 
And in order to do that, there are steps. You might decide to invest in a personal trainer. You've got to go to the gym a few times a week. You've got to look at your diet. All these things have to be included in order to, to achieve that goal. That's the same with relationships. Relationships take work. There are two people or more, depending on what relationship you have, mm-hmm. where you have different backgrounds, different personalities, different beliefs, but there are also some common beliefs and similarities and you respect each other's values as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've got to keep at it. You've got to keep at it to make it work. You know, you've got to maintain your car for your car to be roadworthy. Mm-hmm. You don't just buy a car and that's it. You know, you've got to put fuel in the car. You've got to take it to the mechanics. You've got to do that to your body and your soul. Mm -hmm. It's the same with relationships. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And now you also um, help people who they want to have a baby. So Mm -hmm. there's certain things that they should be doing so that they're more fertile or they are more likely to conceive. So, you know, and I guess, again, that goes to genetics and medical stuff. But um, I think that with my experience with clients who um, want to have a baby, I've actually had clients who have problems having sex. Um, Whether, you know, I've had a client who had vaginismus, yet she wanted to fall pregnant. And, her, you know, she was in her early 30s and she was surrounded by women who were around her age a bit older and she felt that pressure that she had to have a baby. Also, she had the pressure of, you know, culture and, you know, her parents as well. So it was about education. Um, and a lot of, I guess, my support with couples who want to conceive has been about education around sex. We just assume that everyone knows how to have sex or you watch porn and, you know, that's not always the case at all. Mm-hmm. You know, um, some people need to know certain cues about, you know, this is too painful, this is not working or this is what a penis looks like, this is what a vulva looks like. You know, the penis goes in the vagina or however, you know, you choose to have sex. Um, and, you know, this particular couple with um, vaginismus, I had to teach them about vaginismus um, and not to force things because with vaginismus, when you've got the tightening of the vagina, like I was saying earlier, sometimes it's painful to put even a finger, insert a finger. So can you imagine trying to insert a penis, you know? So this couple was trying to force force it to happen. So it was about going back to basics and educating um, and ex- again, exploring your body as well. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so that's kind of the extreme when that happens, when that tightness happens and that can't happen. Um, what do you uh, tell women who are, they've never had an orgasm and they want to? Um, well, this goes back to exploring your, your body, you know, um, Exploring your body is really powerful because, um, as I was saying earlier, you know what you like. Exploring with different sensations, with different, you know, touch, um, different areas of your body, different toys, you know what works for you, what you like, what you don't like. And you need to know that in order to communicate that to, you know, whoever you're having sex with. Mm -hmm. What feels good? What doesn't feel good? what an orgasm feels like, 
So um, for women, and I, again, I see a lot of women who haven't had an orgasm. It's about exploring your body. It's about, um, I give them exercises that's called mindful masturbation. So it's about, you know, being present, being relaxed and exploring the body from head to toe, not just the genitals or the erogenous areas like, you know, the nipples, the neck, whatever. It's about everywhere mm -hmm. and um, being comfortable with your body. You know, sometimes I even get women to look at themselves in the mirror. Mm -hmm. Some have never looked at their naked body in the mirror or looked at their genitals. Mm -hmm. So, yes. And it's also about letting go um some women who have never had an orgasm find it hard to relax or let go mm -hmm. yeah yeah that makes total sense and i think um i'm thinking of when i was younger also i thought that you know it, sometimes it takes a long time for women to figure out what it is that they like and yeah. i and i'm thinking my partner is going to want me to just hurry up what's you know, how come I, how come I can't find this spot? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, you know, it, sometimes it takes the women longer and I don't know about the men, but you know, what they do to actually help themselves when they're having that erectile yeah. dysfunction, but and it seems like they are faster than women. That's for sure. They can be. I mean, it's different. Um, I, I've seen the opposite, you know, with couples where it takes the man longer, where he wants more foreplay, you know, than the female. So, you know, um, I mean, generally, yes, it does take the women longer. But um, again, what I tell my clients, you know, foreplay is not just in the bedroom. Foreplay starts, you know, maybe 24 hours beforehand. It could be the sexting, mm -hmm. the nice text messages, you know, taking out the garbage, doing nice things, the touch, the compliments, mm -hmm. you know, priming, priming your, uh, your victim. No, <laughs> priming your partner. Um, yeah. So, you know, foreplay, it's not just about in the bedroom. It's outside of the bedroom as well. So, and uh, yeah, women, some women do say, oh, I'm worried I'm going to take too long or he's going to get frustrated or bored. And, um, you know, and that's, that's a, common, a common thing that I hear. And again, it goes back to exploring together. Mm -hmm. You know, let's do the mutual masturbation, mutual touch. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, beautiful. So I'm just going to add something more personal. Um, what for you gives you the most happiness and fulfillment in your life? Mm. Um, I think being happy within myself. So doing all the healing and work and growth that I've done over the years on myself and looking at the outcome of that, you know, what that's helped me achieve. Um, makes me feel very content yeah so I've grown a lot as a person I've connected with myself and um, accepted I've accepted a lot of my flaws mm -hmm. um, and a lot about myself and that makes me happy I think when I didn't accept it and I was constantly seeking and searching 
-hmm. I was unhappy. I was confused. I was unsettled. So the mindfulness, um, the meditation, the loving myself, mm -hmm. having that relationship with myself, the most re important relationship anyone is ever going to have, you know, is a relationship with yourself. And once I learned to have that relationship with myself and to love myself and look inwards uh, rather than outwards, that is when I started to become happy. And that's what makes me happy because I know the, um, the ripple effect that it's had in my life. Beautiful. Yeah. And I see that on your face. So um, if people wanted to work with you, how do they get a hold of you? Do you have a website or is there some place where they could come and they actually could work with you? Yeah. So I do have a website, Heidi G Counseling. So it's GEE -E, Counseling. Um, they can just look me up and um, shoot me through an email. Um, I have an Instagram page as well, the Heidi G Spot, um, and a Facebook page as well the same name so okay yeah well beautiful well thank you so much for being on the podcast today no and worries for, thank you for having me yes yes so i know i learned things and i hope everybody <laughs> was learning new things or about things they didn't want to ask anyone else <laughs> well that's good always happy to help yes yes i have one last question before i get off with you um what for you is your best advice for living an incredible, happy, amazing life? Mm. Well, I think it's, um, I guess what I just said about being happy within yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Working on healing and um, loving yourself, having that relationship with yourself, because if you don't love yourself and have a good relationship with yourself, you're going to struggle with other relationships, whether it's platonic or intimate, mm -hmm. um, it's going to be a struggle. So that has worked for me. And, you know, I really drum that into people. I haven't spoken about it a lot <laughs> during our um, interview. And, um, you know, I'm, I'd like to, I'm actually starting a podcast where I'm actually talking about the relationship with yourself. So, um, yeah. And I think that is just so important. It's changed my life. And, you know, like I said, we all seek, we seek outside, you know, for happiness, for answers, but it, you know, sometimes the answers within us. Yeah. All right. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Heidi. No worries. Thank you. Yep. And we'll talk to you again soon.